much, Joe. Always appreciate Trot Nixon dropping by. Always appreciate Charles Davis on all things NFL. Everybody is practicing, believe it or not, the first preseason game, not for your Panthers, but for the Broncos and the Falcons, is August 1st. So the games are almost here. The practices are underway. College football is almost here. We'll come back to your free-for-all Friday phone calls a little bit later this hour. Charles Davis will give us a deeper dive on all things NFL when he joins us live in about 30 minutes from the NFL on Fox and the NFL Network. Also, you hear his voice on the very popular Madden video game franchise. Joining me now in studio is intern Tommy. He has been given the assignment of digging into our classic sports movie list, picking a favorite for him to profile. Darren Vaught finds the audio. We play audio from one of the classic sports movies, as voted by you, our statewide audience in North Carolina, many years ago. We do this in July and only in the month of July. We call it the fastest-growing game show in all of sports radio just because that sounds really fun, like a fun thing to say. I'm not sure if that's the case, but... We have winners on this program, and we're about to have another winner. Tommy is tasked with giving us dazzling details, fascinating yet little-known facts about the movie that we're about to play, whose name I cannot say, otherwise I ruin the fun for everybody, and I, I deprive you of a prize. Darren, you have the audio queued up. This is not, this is not from the golf genre, so it's not Caddyshack, it's not Tin Cup. It is not Happy Gilmore. It is not from the baseball genre. No Field of Dreams, no Bull Durham, no League of Their Own. Uh, Avery chimed in on this earlier today, Darren. She misses Bad News Bears. That was not only made long before she was born. I mean, that might have been made when I was a little yeah, kid. Yeah, I was going to say, I hope she prefers the Walter Matthau version. She does. Good, she goes good. She goes original. You can dial in before hearing the audio if you want a stab at today's classic sports movie challenge, 1-800-849-2761. Sometimes those with the blindfold, walking, walking the plank before you even have any hints. Sometimes you just get it right. You can dial in now. You can wait until the audio is played. Of course, once that happens, all of the calls come in, 1-800-849-2761. It can be more difficult to win that way. Quick shout-out, since we're celebrating the interns all month long, as much as I love Tommy, and he will end up someday as another of the great former DG Show interns. He does not yet have that label because he's a current DG Show intern. He'll join the list that we celebrated on National Intern Day. Do you have any doubt about Tommy? I don't. No red flags, Darren, on your side of the glass? No, none at all. I want to party with him. I want to train <laughs> him as a future professional in or outside of the sports media world. He has potential beyond that I would be comfortable sharing on the air. He will give us dazzling details on this classic sports movie. We do have the lines lighting up even before Darren cues it up. We will have Charles Davis in 30 minutes on the NFL. The other intern shout-out so I don't forget it later. Intern Nathan has not only been an outstanding intern for us, he has worked his way up the ladder to the point that he had a full-time job in this building, and he was Darren Vaught's backup producer by the end of his time with us. He is moving to another part of the country just in case he has stalkers. I won't give any more personal details about his <laughs> upcoming life and career transition, but I do want to thank Nathan Bernstein. It is not easy to be in the producer's chair when you don't have a lot of experience in that role. 
So congratulations to him for working his way that high up the ladder. We wish him well on his next endeavor, whatever that might be. He will always be a member of the David Glenn Show family. I could say that about you too, Darren. However long you are with me, please cue up today's classic sports movie, and then we will pick a winner in the classic sports movie challenge. Be sure to hang around for intern Tommy because he will dazzle us with details about a movie you thought you knew well and yet he'll find under various rocks things that you can't believe are actually true about a movie you thought you knew from A to Z. Darren Vaught, cue up the audio. First one with the correct title of this classic sports movie gets his or her pick from the DG Show prize closet. Yo, dude, you obviously in the wrong hood. This is my dominion. It's a drug-free zone, you understand? Yeah, man, We ain't buying nothing. Now, I'm feeling generous today. So I'm going to let you get your side vanilla booty out of here before we be using your eyeballs as hockey pucks. Thanks, bro. But I'm not going home till I take care of business. District 5 Peewee hockey team. I'm Gordon Bombay. I'm the new coach. Afraid so, dude. Got the roster right here. Averman, Dave, Conway, Charlie, Paul, Terry. Now here's the long and the short of it. I hate hockey and I don't like kids. Look, I'm sure this will be a real bonding experience. Maybe one day one of you will even write a book about it in jail. <laughs> Very well done. Not everybody would have gotten that audio or named this classic sports movie from the beginning of that audio, I don't think. A certain voice and an unforgettable line or two gives it away for most. Line them up. Somebody has to correctly identify this to get his or her pick from the DG Show prize closet. We thank our friends at Sport Clips, free haircut certificates, Smithfield's Chicken and Barbecue, gift cards for you. All of the minor league baseball teams, North Carolina FC and the North Carolina Courage and Soccer, they're among the in-season tickets that you can win if you correctly name the classic sports movie. We have accsports.com subscriptions. We have sports books from all of the great authors who drop by our program from time to time. It is a potpourri of impressive options, but you got to win at 1-800-849-2761. Jeff is in Sanford. I believe Jeff dialed in even before the, mute, the audio was playing. Jeff, while blindfolded, can you name that classic sports movie? Uh, I might have made a mistake. I'm just going to take a wild guess. Uh, the Bad News Bears? No, but this movie actually tries to incorporate that concept in a different way. I probably shouldn't say any more than that. Jeff, I do admire your boldness. He dialed before he even heard the audio. Who's next? Do I go to Justin in Elkin, North Carolina? Did Justin also dial in before hearing the audio? That always makes it riskier. We have a lower percentage of winners when they call before they hear the audio. Justin, can you name that classic sports movie? Yes, sir. That would be The Mighty Duck. That is correct. Growing up as a kid. Very well done. That would be essentially the Bad News Bears on ice, wouldn't you say? I mean, there's a lot of parallels there. Walter Matthau was not exactly friendly at the beginning of that movie with the assembled bears. Is it that way with our interns on day one? 
do we just come in like Gordon Bombay and say, we really don't want to train you guys. We're not even happy that you're here. We're forced into this. We hope to survive you all as much as we hope to teach you all. Is that your opening? Is, is that how you yeah, enter I the beginning of the I semester? I haven't figured it out. I vary my approach from intern to intern. So maybe based on how they turn out after after the fact, you I, I've got to reevaluate my strategy. You do not have an ounce no. of Gordon Bombay in your personality. Not even an ounce. Intern Tommy, would you agree with that? There's no, there's no Gordon Bombay Emilio Estevez in the way Darren Vaught supervises our interns. Not early movie Gordon Bombay. No. Maybe maybe some near <laughs> oh, the end where he, uh, he's all nice. helpful and inspirational, that kind of thing. Isn't that nice? So true as well. Intern Tommy, either just being completely candid and honest or recognizing that Darren still has to sign his internship paperwork at some point down the road. In either event, it's a great answer, Tommy. Dazzle us with details about the classic sports movie, The Mighty Ducks. So this first one has applications to our neighborhood here um when they qualify for the playoffs coach bombay takes them to a minnesota north stars game as a celebration uh with the team they were playing at the time the hartford whalers so <laughs> that game that they saw has two teams that do not exist anymore <laughs> one of them the north stars became the dallas stars but the Hartford Whalers, of course, became the Carolina Hurricanes. Outstanding. So, so yeah, the movies from the 90, earlier 90s. 92, Canes, I believe. Canes didn't come here until 97. I hadn't thought about that. I've seen the, Might, the Mighty Ducks many times. I, neither team still exists that way. Got to be careful about those live action scenes in sports movies. Well done, Tommy. Way to add a wrinkle right out of the gate. What else you have? Dazzling details about the Mighty Ducks. This is a this is a Gordon Bombay um, statistic or detail. His, he was originally supposed to be played by Charlie Sheen, who then turned down the role for whatever reason that Charlie Sheen has. Yeah, um, could have been any. So they gave it to Emilio Estevez, who is his brother. And another weird casting thing: Charlie Conway was originally going to be Leonardo DiCaprio. Leonardo DiCaprio wow. auditioned. For wow. the role, but they did not give it to him, and they gave it to Vancouver native Joshua Jackson, who is the iconic Charlie Conway, but that would have been pretty interesting. So I'm trying to put the ages together. So he would have been a young hockey player, Leonardo. In the, 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 yeah. As you said, the very popular Charlie Conway wearing number 96, right? I had no idea about that. Did you know that? No, I, I, I actually had never knew, heard that. I knew the Charlie Sheen detail. I do believe Charlie could have pulled off Gordon Bombay. Just yeah. just think of him in some of his actual roles in sitcoms or other movies. He might have been better than Emilio Estevez. Usually when we hear those fun facts, it's, oh, I could have never pictured that actor in that role now that I've gotten used to so-and-so. You know, Kevin Costner as Crash Davis. I can't think of anybody else, right? In this case, I think Charlie Sheen might have done better than Emilio I, I think he definitely, toward the beginning of the film, could have better portrayed the guy, the ex-pro who was soured on the game because it, it didn't treat him, the hockey gods didn't treat him the way that he yeah, would have liked yeah. for them to. I think he probably could have sold that version better than Emilio. Charlie Sheen was winning somewhere when he was not able to take the Gordon Bombay role. Uh, intern Tommy is a winner as well. What else do you have in terms of dazzling details? Actually, let me interrupt you. Isn't it true, Darren, among all the interns we've ever had, Tommy's voice suggests that he was out partying the night before. 
Do you hear his voice? As, as much as any intern as we've ever had. Now, I'm not saying he was. Some people, that's just their natural voice every day. I don't even know. As long as he delivers the goods, I don't care what he was doing last night. <laughs> Doesn't he? Like, I have a different voice. You and I had a couple beers while watching Red Sox Yankees. Right. If we had a dozen beers you, last night, you'd hear a little something different in my voice today. It'd be a little more gravelly, just a little rougher. Tommy has that voice all the time, which means either it's his automatic voice, like since soon after birth, or he parties like a rock star every single night. <laughs> I'm just going to say it's my voice. You I'm going to really put that out there. Just in case, That's just like, how I'm, I sound. I'm neither going to confirm nor like... <laughs> deny anything pertaining to Tommy's behavior outside of the studio. Yeah, it'd be unfair. But I had never unfair. gleaned that from his voice. I'll say that. No? No. Thank, I, you. I, Thank you. I have an ear for voices. I just have to pay closer attention. See if there was a contrast. I would know he was out late last night. But since this is his voice every day, how do I really know? Is this his actual voice? It's a superpower, Or is really. he partying like a rock star every <laughs> single night? That would be a superpower, now wouldn't it? Sorry to digress there, intern Tommy. More dazzling details on the Mighty Ducks. And Case's family is listening. I'm just joking about all that. <laughs> he has a great voice, and, and he's he has represented himself well throughout his time at the David Glenn Show. Go right ahead, Tommy. So sort of going over on that Charlie Sheen uh, vibe that we got about how Charlie Sheen would have been uh, better if it was a darker movie. Well, the movie originally was darker. Before Disney bought it and made it, you know, a more kids approachable, yeah. family friendly, the, the original story was about a, grizz, you know, grizzled guy, alcoholic um, dude who was super angry with his childhood coach and begins coaching the team actually because he just wants to get revenge on the guy um so instead of him you know blowing the the penalty shot it was a guy who was just angry at him for all kinds of reasons and instead of him getting a DUI and that's why he was coaching the team he was doing it because he wanted to get revenge aha uh -huh. there are a lot of parallels come to think of it between Walter Matthau in Bad News Bears and Emilio Estevez in The Mighty Ducks. Um, one thing I remember in The Bad News Bears, remember at the end, spoiler alert, the Bears don't beat the Yankees. Spoiler alert. It's one of the only sort of Disney style, well, wait a minute, you're supposed to win at the end, aren't you? The Mighty Ducks won at the end. I mean, after a lot of spoiler alert trials and tribulations. You know, and there was the very heart-to-heart -heart before the final shot thing between Emilio Gordon Bombay and his star player. Uh, but but that was the more traditional Disney ending, right? You're, you're celebrating what wasn't Absolutely. the state championship. Whereas I still can't get over the Bears lost to the Yankees. That might be why I like Bad News Bears so much. There is something just it's more authentic and yeah. real about that, yeah. right? And it gives Tanner an excuse to say, hey, Yankees, <laughs> you can take your second-place trophy and – I think you bleep out the rest of that. Go ahead, Tommy. More dazzling details on the Mighty Ducks. So this is another casting change. Vincent LaRusso is the guy who plays Adam Banks. He's the Hawks player who then becomes, because of a loophole with the redrawn district lines, he joins the Ducks. The guy who played him originally, they his name was not – I couldn't find his name anywhere, probably for his own privacy. <laughs> um, but he was actually fired from the movie because apparently he was like a huge bully on the set and his mom was a bully to wow. other like kid actors and that kind of thing. So Vincent LaRusso was originally supposed to be sort of a minor actor, role-playing guy, um, have a couple lines here or there. But he had the good fortune of stepping up into the Adam Banks role 
uh, once that unspecified um, bully was That's a big dealt role. with. I mean, he ends up wearing number 99. That's the great Gretzky's number, right? That's a perfect foil as needed for Gordon Bombay's team. Well done. What else do you have, intern Tommy? So finally, and this is just a little bit of an awkward moment and sort of a difficulty of filming outside in Minnesota in the winter. So there's a scene when Gordon Bombay and Charlie's mom, they're at the uh, festival outside. It's snowing, and they kiss for the first time. Well, apparently while they were shooting, it was literally so cold. It was 55 below zero, and their lips got stuck together. They couldn't pull back <laughs> apart. So they're shooting. They kiss, you know, and then they say cut. They try to pull apart. They can't. They have to dump, like, hot water, warm water on oh their lips gosh. just to get them – you know, separated. Because, I didn't even know that could happen. That like sounds like an old wives' right? tale. Negative fifty-five degrees sounds impossible. There's to that make. classic scene in the Christmas Story movie where the, the on a dare the kid puts his tongue on the the freezing cold flagpole. Now I believe that that could happen. I, I didn't realize that that could happen in real life. Now we know. <laughs> I got to tell the lovely and talented Maria that as soon as we get home. Yeah, gotta. Plenty, sure. plenty warm here in North Carolina right now. She does put the AC sometimes at a level, though, that starts frost building. No, I'm just kidding. No, no frost on any of the fixtures at the Glen House. All husbands and wives understand the eternal debate about where to set the, therm- the, uh, the temperature gauge in your house. If, if, you have, if you have a marriage where that is not a debate, you are hitting the ground running in the marital sense because for most of us, it is a back and forth that truly never ends. Intern Tommy, have you exhausted your dazzling details on the Mighty Ducks classic sports movie? I've got one more for all you. All right, later. I've got on. one more. So one of the main things that all the actors really, at least the player actors, had to do was ice skate. And a lot of um, the people who auditioned and eventually got the roles may have embellished their proficiency Mm-hmm. Um, when they were first auditioning for the show or for the movie. It's not with ice skating. Everyone has that on their resume somewhere, right? Like, yeah. yeah, yeah, I can yeah. do that. Yeah, 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 yeah absolutely. Sure. If you need me to ice skate, I can ice skate. Yeah, sure. But there's some figure skating involved in the movie, and there is some real back, like, hockey sequences. So turned out they had to do, like, a couple-week, like, skating hockey I'll boot bet. camp to train all these kids that said they could skate. And no, then I stepped it. on the ice no, and there was no, not Listen, the case. I can tell you this from personal experience, and my brother played ice hockey at a fairly high level. The difference between looking good on ice skates when nobody is touching you, I could actually do that maybe even to this day, and I certainly could do it back then. As long as you're not touching me, throwing me into the boards, you know, challenging me for a puck or whatever, I actually can skate. The, the leap to being able to do on skates stuff like stop and start quickly, you know, fight for a puck while somebody's even nudging you, much less checking you into the boards. It is not shades of gray. It is night and day different. Try it yourself. I promise you, you will come to the same conclusion. So I'll bet some of those little, you know, young actors and mostly actors were being honest when they said, I can ice skate, but... I can ice skate while somebody is bumping into me and chasing a puck while carrying a stick. Uh, No, that's a different matter entirely. By the way, this was another box office success. I didn't realize $10 million is a tiny budget. And they made just at the box office $50 million plus. And, you know, merchandising and all the DVD sales beyond that made that profit margin even larger. 
as a, as a business owner, I just have to think in such terms. Most of our classic sports movies were also financial success stories. Really well done, Tommy. Back to being a, a rock star for you. Appreciate it. Darren, I have a uh, quick addendum. Um, anything it, to do with Tommy's deep, gravelly voice? No, nothing to do with Tommy's okay. voice. Well, this is courtesy of our friend and former DG Show producer, Hayes Permar. You know, he's texting me as It's as probably the exact well. same right, thing. So it turns out Joshua oh Jackson, gosh. who played Conway in the film, also starred in Dawson's Creek, which was famously filmed in Wilmington, North Carolina. Back in 2002, November of 2002, Jackson was kicked out of a Carolina Hurricanes game <laughs> for, uh, let's see, simple assault and being intoxicated and disruptive. So there's a local tie that uh, was not mentioned. You know what's funny? If you said that somebody has texted us with these details, and, and I, I didn't know who it was, and I'm thinking, <laughs> all right, Kaniac. Yeah, right? Who would know that? Kaniac. Dawson's Creek star. Entertained by somebody getting hammered at a Canes game. <laughs> recognized him as a performer probably because he's a performer himself and then i don't know if you got this text but now i'm looking at it actually sends video evidence to make sure yeah. <laughs> that i know that it's not just a rumor he's already thinking well glenn's got that geeky journalist in <laughs> yep. him deep down inside <laughs> and he's not going to say joshua jackson got hammered and thrown out of a canes game if it's just coming from anybody with no evidence the damn lawyer won't believe me if you just told me there's evidence and it involved drinking and a famous actor and getting thrown out of a Canes game, I would have said Permar sent that. I would have right. just known. Right? And that's the difference between us checking that text message <laughs> and laughing at it and us putting it on the air, right? The, the I, <laughs> I, I love it. I love Hayes, one of the all-time great contributors to this program. Tommy has been that for us on the Classic Sports Movie Challenge. We appreciate his contribution and those of the interns all month long. Remember, it's only till the end of July that we play the Classic Sports Movie Challenge. That does mean we will have more winners next week. 1-800-849-2761. Charles Davis from the NFL on Fox. We'll talk Panthers and all things NFL with CD later this hour. You're free for all Friday phone calls as well. 1-800-849-2761 on the David Glenn Show. Mike Krzyzewski joining us. We asked folks you work with at Duke if you've changed or mellowed over the years. Well, you know, mellow is having a glass of wine and looking over, you know, the sunset, you know. <laughs> uh, I don't see how you can be mellow and coach a game. That can't happen. If it does, then you shouldn't be coaching. Keep it here on the David Glenn Show. to the David Glenn Show. Charles Davis of the NFL on Fox a little bit later. Last call for free for all Friday phone calls right now. 1-800-849-2761 is your last chance to steer the ship before we all head into the halfway, margarita, halfway to Margaritaville weekend. Aaron is in Chapel Hill and has the NFL on his mind. We'll get into more with Charles Davis on that topic a little bit later. Skip Prosser stories are being welcomed and encouraged 12 years to the day after his untimely death as a great college basketball coach here in, in our backyard at Wake Forest University. Aaron, welcome to Free For All Friday. Go right ahead. Hey, David. How are you, sir? Doing great, man. What's on your mind? Good. Um, I have a couple quick questions, uh, both actually uh, about the Bears for you. Um, my first, um, with Mitchell Trubisky, I know uh, all the reports is that he's had a really, really strong offseason. Do you think there's more pressure on him than usual, though, because of how successful Deshaun Watson and Patrick Mahomes 
have been, especially because they, he was drafted so much higher than them. Answer, um, yeah, answer to that one, yes. I mean, I can elaborate, but I talked about the 1 through 32 rankings of the starting quarterbacks uh, earlier this week in that great article by Mike Sando. Pat Mahomes was fourth, and this is a contemporary, remember, of former UNC star Mitch Trubisky. It went Aaron Rodgers 1, Tom Brady 2, Drew Brees 3, and then there's Patrick Mahomes of the Kansas City Chiefs at number four on the same one through 32 list Mitch Trubisky was number 25 now that's not a slap in the face there's a lot of nice positive quotes about him in this article but from one through 32 when Pat Mahomes is number four and Deshaun Watson came in I think it was number 12 yeah you know you're you're viewed in part like your contemporaries are doing and this is year three for Mitch Trubisky. He's a, he started well his first year. He took him to the playoffs in his second year. He's shown he can run the ball well. He's a good, accurate thrower. He, he completes about two-thirds of his passes. Cam Newton's, you know, at less than 60% for his career. So he, he can run. He's accurate. Um, he's still learning, as those other young quarterbacks are, but clearly he's behind Patrick Mahomes and Deshaun Watson. And, yes, whether it's internal pressure or external pressure – uh, it's not like Chase Daniel is going to beat out Trubisky for the Chicago starting quarterback job. But, yeah, you don't want your the guy you invested that high of a pick in to just be number 25 out of 32 as he gets older and older. you gotta, you got to show that you can take the next step. And, yeah, heck, the Bears are trying to do that as a team as well. Exactly. Exactly. You know, um, you know, and, and, you know and, and my second question is almost more of a follow-up. Do you think there's also a lot of pressure on their general manager? I know he did a great job in turning that franchise around, but GMs are usually associated with the quarterback they choose, correct? Yeah, there's no doubt that that's a big part of it. Now, it's a body of work thing. How many good drafts have you had? How many bad drafts have you had? But, of course, if you're spending one of the higher picks in recent franchise history on this guy at Carolina who had been, remember, only a starter for one year, that's a hard evaluation. Uh, Kyler Murray of Oklahoma actually does not have a lot of college passes thrown, right? He had to wait his turn. So some folks said that was a really hard evaluation. You only have one year body of work. So it's an even greater risk than say, you know, I mean, they saw Phillip Rivers for four years at NC State back in the day. That's you know what you have to a much greater degree. Still can't be sure how's he going to transition to the NFL, but yeah, the Bears are tied to Mitch Trubisky, and they have that great defense, and they have a promising head coach in Matt Nagy, and they need quarterback play to go from good to better than good so that if you need to win a playoff game, you know, maybe your defense gives up some points or whatever, every once in a while you need your quarterback to go win a game for you. And I don't know if Mitch Trubisky has shown that at the NFL level yet. I'm sure that's one of the things that the Bears will be evaluating this fall. Appreciate you listening, Aaron. 1-800-849-2761 is the ticket to join Free For All Friday as a phone caller. On the other side, one of our favorites in the National Football League. He played at Tennessee. Since then, he's been a rising star of the sports broadcasting industry. From the NFL on Fox, from the NFL draft coverage of the NFL Network, and yes, you hear his voice regularly on the Madden video game franchise as well. Charles Davis on all things football next on the David Glenn Show. 
Ruffin McNeil, welcome back. I know we'll always be a huge part of you and your family. You know, this will be my last coaching stop. After this, yeah, maybe join you on a radio show or Amen. do some of that. Yeah. We'll, but, be, we'll uh, be doing some remote shows from your boat in the middle of the Caribbean somewhere <laughs> if I have my way. <laughs> You're listening to The David Glenn Show. Welcome back to the David Glenn Show. Our next guest knows the NFL from A to Z, former Tennessee star football player, now a still rising star of the broadcasting world from the NFL on Fox, the NFL draft coverage on the NFL Network, also the Madden video game franchise. You can follow him on Twitter at CFD22. Charles Davis, welcome back to the David Glenn Show. How are you? I'm doing great, DG. It's great to hear your voice again. Thanks for having me back, and happy summer to you. And maybe it's almost the end of happy summer when they report to camp, right? Yeah, no doubt about it. Even though it's still summer, we start transitioning with thoughts of fall, don't we? Yes, we do. Before we get into the fun football stuff, just one goofy question, given your, yeah. your presence on the Madden video game franchise. We, of course, should blame you personally for the fact <laughs> that Greg Olson in the game looks nothing like the Greg Olson in real, per, in real life, right? And, and that is just surprising to me because one of the good things that I have learned in my – now going into my fifth year with Madden, can you believe that? Yeah. I mean, I'm in absolute shock. I have a, a, my, 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 one of my favorite aunts, uh, her name was Mary, God rest her soul. She used to always look at me and go, Charles, I love you, but you could mess up a one-car funeral. <laughs> so the idea, the idea that I am you know, doing this for the fifth year with my partner, Brandon Gordon, is shocking to me. But what I have learned is that they really pride themselves on getting the features right, yeah. down to tattoos, how guys wear their gloves, their towels, if they spat or don't spat on their shoes. So, you know, I, I can't believe that with Greg. We've got to get that corrected if, if that's the case. Yeah, for those who haven't seen it, and I, to their credit, these guys get it right. Best I could tell, they're getting it right 98, 99% they were, they, they of the time. Hard right? uh, it does not look like Greg Olson. Like something I went wonder, wrong that day. The, the, the only thing I can say, DJ, in defense of my crew, is possibly, maybe, there was a miss on the, um, the head scan. And maybe Greg couldn't sit for the head. Maybe that's true. I'm I'm just throwing it out there. I don't know that that's true, but it happens occasionally where the you know schedules don't match up. Yeah, get this guy and they do the best they can because they actually do a a true head scan to try and get the features right in the game. And you know where they're catching the bulk of the guys now is they go to the combine. Oh, that's because at the combine with all those guys, they head scan them all, and then you know the guys make the teams. They're in, and you know the bulk of the draft comes from the combine. Not all of it, right? But the vast majority. I'd say what eighty-five percent of the draft, eighty, eighty-five percent of the draft. Those guys were at the combine, so it's a great way to catch guys then, and, and they start working on it then, and then they just have to update it as time goes on. That is great. I mean, Charles has given us like eye-opening details about how his voice role. It takes a lot more time than you might think and can be more complicated than you think. I did not realize that just the, you know, the facial recognition stuff had advanced that far as well. That's good to it's know. Amazing. It's amazing, isn't it, DG? And the, and, and the, group, the group that goes and does it, they're, at the, they're in Indianapolis at the Combine during that time. I'm not sure if they set up appointments or there's a, there's a, you know, a general meeting. And, hey, guys, when you're done with X, Y, and Z drills or whatever, 
make sure you're coming by here and getting this done. And they do a really nice job of checking that off. And you know what else is interesting, too? You know us scouts, right? And yeah. I'm not a true scout, so I don't want the scouts out there to hear this and go, Davis, you're no scout. Yeah. I, I, I know that. And, and I don't want to crash a fraternity. I haven't earned my stripes. But because I talk about guys and, and do evaluations on air, we do it the same way in this way that other true scouts do at observation time when kids don't know they're being observed. You know, when you're not thinking that your hair is down, you're at the restaurant, you're joking around, you're doing this, you don't know who's in there. When you check into the hotel, you don't know who sees you across the way. All of those things go into it. You know what else happens? At the head scan thing, when you got that going on, I'm talking to my guys who are doing the head scan. Because, hey, how was this guy? What was that guy like? Was he a nice guy? Was he this? Was he that? And because I work with these guys, they will happily tell me, hey, this guy was a really good kid. He came in. He bounced. Had a great personality. Most of the time, they're like, I don't know if we caught him on a bad day or what, but he didn't seem interested, and he was this and he was that. Now, does that make your whole evaluation? No. But like we, like we always talk about, every piece is a part of it. You just got to decide how much weight you put on something. Charles Davis joining us on the David Glenn Show. On Twitter, he is at CFD22. Mike Sando, now of The Athletic, does a fun yeah. article each year ranking the starting QBs from 1 through 32. And as you can imagine, we're all over. And, he, and, is he, and he's still doing the tears, right? He, yes, yes. So I'm going to give you the – great job with that. Yeah, I love it too. He talks to more than 50 coaches and scouts and coordinators, et cetera. These are the only eight men who made tier one, which is described as these guys can carry their teams each week. Their teams often win because of them, and they expertly handle pure passing situations. That's called a okay. tier one. And uh, as Charles knows, there's like you can give a guy a one, a two, or three, or four, or five. Here are the only eight quarterbacks who made tier one. I want you to tell us, you know, is anybody missing from this list? Is there anybody who is there and should not be there? In order, they went Aaron Rodgers, Tom Brady, Drew Brees, Patrick Mahomes, Andrew Luck, Phillip Rivers, Ben Roethlisberger, Russell Wilson. Cam Newton of the Panthers was down at 15, although a lot of the commentators said that's because he's coming off of injury. Right. What do you make of stuff like that? Yeah, I mean, I mean it, it makes for a wonderful article and talking point, just like we're having right now. But the beauty of Mike's article, Mike Sando's article, and I want to make sure, as you have, as you always do, DJ that I'm doing the same thing and giving him full credit because you mentioned something that I want people to hear again. How many people did he talk to about this article? Plus. That impresses me as a journalist, yes. Okay, so the man has done his homework. This isn't him just deciding to bang out a piece and here are my top eight questions Amen. and here's why. He has talked to the top people out there, the evaluators, and again, the more you talk to, the better your sample size, the better you can make it, make a determination. If you're talking to more than 50 people about these quarterbacks, that's a great sample. Amen. I mean, it's an absolute great sample. So I love the eight. I think your point about Cam is well taken. The guy was the MVP in 2015. And since then, in a lot of ways, he's taken a battering. I mean, think about how we started the 2016 season, which led us to quarterback protection being a big discussion. Right? Opening night, Denver. Remember yep. that one? Yep. It was awful, right? And we just kept going. And as Cam said, and he's trying not to, and, and he, you know, a lot of people get on Cam all the time. But I thought he handled that in a pretty positive way, trying not to be that whiny guy. <laughs> but at the same time, all I want is the same protection the other guys are getting. 
And what happens to Cam, and I do firmly believe, and I think Ron Rivera expressed it, Cam's too big, too good-looking, too strong sometimes for his own good with with officials. I think subconsciously they just look at him, and he doesn't get the same yep. whistle and benefit. And the other part is because he's such an integral part of the run game, I do think subconsciously they see him as a running back as well. And it happens. I don't think anyone – I know these officials. I have – listen, I have a college teammate who's, out, who's an official in the NFL. I've, I've come up through the ranks with some of them. The idea that these guys – are carrying all kind of biases are just wrong. No, they're carrying no more biases than we carry every day in our everyday lives. They're trying to get the calls right. They want to advance yep. and work the playoffs. They want to work the Super Bowl. I just think Cam presents and I present something that's just just out of this world. It's almost like, and we have to go back away. When Will Chamberlain hit the NBA, he was getting no calls. Okay, yeah. Will would carry people up to the rim. There'd be three guys on his back, and if the ball went in, great. That's a deuce. Uh, no call. Play on, Will. You know, and some of that, I think, crept into Cam. Now, I don't know if it's quite as prevalent now, but I do think that he would be one that would push hard for that tier one with good health. Because last year, when he got, when the shoulder went at that point, he was playing like a tier one quarterback. And with that in mind, there is a sense of optimism around here where folks want to remember the Panthers who were 6-2 and two with the healthy Cam yep. Newton, you know, seeming to mesh with Norv Turner, his new offensive coordinator, new at the time anyway. Um, yep. Now here he is back. Uh, he, he threw a couple long balls successfully at practice just yesterday, so he's under that yeah, microscope. Yeah, there's a little excitement there for that one, I heard. <laughs> when you think of healthy Cam, and of course Christian McCaffrey's back, um, yeah. They got Matt Paradis to replace the retiring Ryan Khalil at center, and you still have Luke Keekley on a defense that's goofing around with you know the three four four three hybrid for Ron Rivera. Uh, just first glance, does it look like a playoff team to you? Because Cam and Ron Rivera together have made it for the last six years, and one yeah. of the misses, you know, was directly related to a Cam injury. Well, I saw somebody had listed that they thought they'd be four and twelve this Ooh. year. Yeah, and I just I'm not buying that at all. That would be to me that would mean Cam really couldn't make it back from the shoulder, and everything else collapsed around them. All right, and that's a legitimate thought because that's essentially what happened last year. Cam was on the field, but he couldn't make the throws he needed to make. But you're still trying to play through because he does have a toughness to him. And it just didn't work for them. And then the whole thing went down to tubes later. I don't buy that part. I think Gerald McCoy coming in next to KK Short, I think that that helps in a big way. Don Terry Poe now will probably be a little bit more potent. And you're talking about these hybrids. Now you can have Poe in play. He can play over the nose when you want to play the odd man front. You know, you have, you've increased what you're doing there. I think you're a little, a little bit underrated with Addison and those guys coming off the edge. Keekley's still there. Shaq Thompson is still there. Yes, Thomas Davis is gone. But the essential elements of that defense are there. You're going to miss Thomas for many reasons, most of them being Thomas, being Thomas. Yeah. But, but you know, it's not like that can't be made up. And I'm eager to see Dante Action Jackson again. I think, again, guys in that second year making a leap, he's a guy who could make a monster leap. So I think they push for a playoff spot. But to start the season, D.G., I would have to say it's New Orleans and Atlanta. Yeah, I get it. You know, and Atlanta was a team that stepped back last year, too. So they're in a similar position of, okay, we've got to go prove ourselves. And Dan Quinn, 
put himself on the line with management with a couple of guys. Okay, Dick Beasley being foremost. Yeah. A lot of people were saying, eh, we ought to move on from him. And DQs, no, I'm going to be more active. I'm going to be more involved. And the biggest thing that he teaches, one of the main teaching things in Dan Quinn's coaching career, is pass rush skills. And he's going to get back and, and, and get that. Because, you know, they, in some ways, they misused Vic Beasley for the last couple of years. And not last couple, two years ago, they absolutely misused him. And I said it during a game. And I called DQ because I really respect him. Yeah. And I wanted him to know, hey, look, I'm not trying to criticize you. But I need to understand, why is Vic Beasley dropping in coverage? Yeah. I, I just don't – that just makes – to me, if I'm a team and I see Vic Beasley who had 15 and a half sacks a, you know, a year before, he drops in coverage, I'm kind of excited by that. With that in mind, and I only have about a minute for this, since you played safety – uh, when you hear about the Ron, I mean, Ron Rivera is a, a universally respected guy, yeah. linebacker, coordinator, head coach. When you hear about, you know, the, the hybrid 3-4-4-3, three, four, four, three, mm-hmm. is that, you know, a byproduct of the old saying that, you know, if Drew Brees and Matt Ryan get to the point where they have a sense of what you're throwing at them, they're going to kill you? You know, and is, is this yeah. about just uh, kind of disguising things and getting the most out of your defense that way? I think there's some of that, but I think it's more just dictated by how the game is played nowadays. Yeah. What you want to be in in certain points, because the truth of the matter is it doesn't matter whether you're a 3-4 or 4-3 team. You're only going to be in that 3-4 or 4-3 somewhere in the neighborhood of 25% of the time, yeah. 20 25%. The rest of the time, you're going to be in some type of a hybrid, a nickel, or what they call sub-packages, okay? Whether you want to play 5 DBs, 6 DBs, 7 DBs, one linebacker, two line, whatever yeah. it is that you want to get to, that's what you're going to play the bulk of anyway. So I think we all get hung up on what are they a base four, three or base three, four. Well, it doesn't really matter. You know? Yeah. You got to train for that to know what their so-called base is, but they're not going to be in it very often. You're going to, the game's going to dictate that they're out of it on second down. (laughs) And sometimes not even getting into it on a series, depending on the type of team they're playing. His name is Charles Davis. He knew I was up against the break. He always delivers right on time. Thanks for uh, answering our call here in late July. You know we'll be knocking on your door again over these a lot over the ne- these next four months or so. Hey, it's, to me, if you're going to call me, I, I appreciate it because not many people do. All right? <laughs> What's the old expression? Just don't call me late for dinner and I'm good, right? Amen. Thanks a lot, DJ. You got it. See you, Charles. On Twitter at CFD22. Final thoughts as we come down the stretch to the – Sound of Jimmy Buffett next on the David Glenn Show. UNC coach Roy Williams is joining us. You are uncomfortable with your name in the same sentence as Dean Smith. I know that I will never be as good as he was in in any way. Yet when I hear people say those things, yeah, those things are pretty neat. But I try to make sure that's about as far as I go. Keep it here on the David Glenn Show. Show. We are coming down the stretch on today's program. This little song called Lovely Cruise by our good friend Jimmy Buffett. We hope you see the David Glenn Show that way. Lovely Cruise, put up with the days where we accidentally steal you, steer you into the rocks. Hopefully enjoy the ride the rest of the time. Thanks to Trot Nixon for dropping by, Charles Davis as well, Nathan Bernstein. Intern extraordinaire for this past year. Best wishes on your next endeavors. 
In turn, Tommy was outstanding, as were the others on various classic sports movie challenges. Enjoy the weekend. We'll see you Monday, noon to 3, on the David Glenn Show. Mr. President Barack Obama, welcome to the David Glenn Show. How are you? David, it's great to be on. It's wonderful to, to talk to the folks in North Carolina. I always say uh, I love the state of North Carolina, love the people in North Carolina. Even the folks who don't support me down there are nice to me. The David Glenn Show.